Welcome to the Mission North Shore podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry here at the Mission, visit us online at www.themissionnorthshore.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. This morning we're talking about world mission. And we've been discussing each week, Brandon and I, and uh, if you remember in the very beginning, um, Keva and Tyler, shared about our core values, and uh, this morning, we're on world mission, and uh, appropriately, right as we had sent out a short-term mission team, and uh, my title is Here, There, and Everywhere. One of the scriptures that I used when I talked about community, if you remember that, was in John chapter 17, verse 18, that Jesus says, as you sent me into this world, so I have also sent them into the world. So as the, as the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us out. And in a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about community, we talked about being sent out to our communities where we are placed by God, where we live where we work, the activities that we do, that we're specifically placed by Him for a purpose. And that purpose is to take the Gospel out to the people that we cross paths with, the people that we work with daily, or our neighbors that we live beside. We see them every single day. But we cannot stop there. Okay, that is the starting point, but we can't stop there. We are also called, according to Scripture, in Matthew 28, Jesus said to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to follow all that I command you. In Mark, Jesus says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. In Luke, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And lastly, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So we start in our communities and we go out from there. We are called out here, there, and everywhere to take the gospel. It is never either or. And some of the things I'm going to be saying today are probably um, comments about things that I think that people kind of fall into. That to go world missions is not something that, well, that's not my thing. You know, I'm going to do it here. You know, but scripturally, we're called to do it here and to do it there. Though each of us has our own callings, not all are called to be a long-term missionary overseas. And we have a couple and their family, uh, Stefan and Christy Erickson, whose card is on the back table, and they're missionaries in Sweden. And they're long-term. And we had a gal, Elizabeth Ruiz, that was a 
kind of like a long term in Philippines. She committed herself to three years there, which she fulfilled. And now she's with her family, I think, in Idaho. But not everybody is called to be a long term missionary. Many are called, as we saw with the Tonga trip, or we went to the Philippines with two teams for a couple of weeks um, last year, the year before. Many are called to be involved in short-term teams that go out. And obviously, we put the call in the church. We're going to go to Tonga. Who wants to go? It's open to anyone that wants to go. Okay, so that call is going to come. But we all need to be involved in the ministry of world mission. So here at the mission, we're committed to be involved in world mission by sending and support by prayer. So I know that as the team went out, we prayed for them each. We sent them off. Plus we prayed for them throughout the week, all the weeks that we were gone. So we supported them in prayer. We financially supported the teams that went out. And also an, an opportunity for administrative or logistic support. So some people have that. Somebody's got to get the tickets and line up all the, the logistics stuff that needs to take place. Okay, So there's other ways to be involved in world missions. We must be making disciples here and also involved in the ministry of making disciples in every nation where the Lord might call us. Okay, and let me just say about that, that there is a need everywhere. Right? There is a need everywhere for people to go. We're probably not going to go all over. Like they went to Tonga, I went to Philippines a couple times. There's 7,000 islands in the Philippines. We went to one, and we went to one area on that island. Okay, and that's where the Lord called us. And that's where we're going to go, where He calls us. We are following the example that's in the Word and the example of Christ. And if you'll turn to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says here, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. So it says here, for God. And God is always our starting point. The basis and the foundation, it we begins with Him, and it's because of Him, and it's upheld by Him. The only reason we are going to go and going to look at this is because of God. It says that for God so loved the world, and the world is who? The world of lost humanity separated from God, without eternal life, and in need. That's who we're going to. Okay, and that was some of us, before we came to know Christ, that we were part of the world, that lost humanity that was, however they were doing it, in their own power, in their own way, you know, 
fumbling along. It says that God so loved the world, the world is people that God loved. And that's one kind of interesting thing about going on one of those mission trips is, and, and Crystal brought it up, is that, you know what, you see that that world that God loves, that Jesus died for, is made up of people. And you get to see them in their context. And it is really an eye-opener. So it says that, for God so loved the world, moved by love. And that word in is agape love. It's unconditional, unselfish, giving and doing for the other, and not out of obligation or guilt or pride. And if you'll turn to me in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, is an amazing chapter on love. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1, he says here, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Okay, we can stop there. All these things are spiritual endeavors. Okay, and I'm not saying, okay, get busy with some spiritual stuff. Okay, what he's saying here is that you can be busy with spiritual stuff, but if you're doing it without love, then it means nothing. He goes on to say in verse 4 that love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into an account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, Love never fails. One thing that we see here, all of these is what love is. So this love is a love that does, that goes out. There's action and there's evidence of that love. And that's our motivation for going into the world and taking the gospel to them. It says about Jesus that he had compassion on them as he looked out over the city of Jerusalem because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So compassion, application for us as we go out or as we send people out, as we are aware of going out, love and compassion is needed. And the love of God. Our mission is to be motivated by His love for them. And considering this, that, you know what, as we consider that, how the love of God affected our lives, how we were blessed and how we were changed, that's how we go to them. God's love in us 
moves us into action for other people. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, in the New King, King James Version, it says, the love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ compels us. And I hope that we would consider to be compelled by that love to reach out the gospel to others. It says there in John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It says that He was sent not to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. So God gave, and God sent, and Jesus went. God gave, God sent, and Jesus went. Because of His great love for us, God sent Jesus. And just on a side note, and I've heard people saying, probably worth considering that, okay, as they send the team and all that money, tickets, you know, what it costs, you know, and, and inevitably somebody comes up with that. Like, why don't we just send the money over there? That would make more sense, more money. Okay, but you know what? In this instant, as we're looking for this script, looking at this scripture here, I'm glad that. God didn't send money, that He sent Jesus. And you know what? It is really important for us to send people. Because when you go to those places, they cannot believe that someone would go all that way to talk to them. It costs a lot of money. It makes almost no financial sense to get on a plane, go over there, right? To go talk to them. But you know what? It really shows what God and Christ did. That they came a long way to help me. Alright? Because of His great love, God sent Jesus. 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the satisfaction or the payment for our sin. So God sent His only Son, Jesus, to us. Someone most important and most valuable. Jesus came to us. Willingly, He came to where we were, even when we were in our sins, even when we didn't care. That's what the Bible says. Even when we didn't care about Him, He still came here. It says there in John chapter 1, verse 14, that He became flesh and dwelt among us. That He lived among us and was with us. In all ways, He became like us, but without sin. And let me just kind of say something about this, on what God and Jesus did. Is that, you know what? The Gospel... And as it goes out, it's not, you know, and as we think about the world, it's not in a broad sense that Jesus came here for me, specifically. Jesus came here for you, specifically. Not in a whole group, like get down there and we're just going to, you know, do like some big mass evangelism thing. That Jesus came 
for me. And I was sharing this morning in that little church in Kailua 45 years ago. And the Holy Spirit was talking through that guy that was up in front. And I was sitting in the very back row because you couldn't go any further back in the church. And you know what? It did not matter. And that place was full. People standing up on the side. But the Holy, was, Holy Spirit was speaking to me. That's who He was speaking to. And it was like no one else was in that church. And you know what? That's the way God did it. That Jesus came for us individually. He knows each one of us. He knows where you're at. And He died for each one of us individually. All of our sins to make us new. That's what the Bible says. Jesus came willingly in obedience. God the Father sent Him and Jesus went. Jesus came in humility from His throne to this earth. The King of kings came down to us. Think about that. The King of kings came down and became one of us. So he didn't say, and that's the thing with world missions, I'll be talking that in a moment about going out. Right? And the gospel goes out. That we go to where they are. We don't sit here and go, okay, well, we wait for them to come to us. Sometimes that does happen. But you know what? We're called to go to them. That's what God did. God sent His Son to us. He became like us. And that's one of the powers of the gospel. He came to serve. Let's look in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Jesus came to serve. Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 25. But Jesus called them to Himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Luke chapter 22, verse 27, Jesus says that I am among you as one who serves. Jesus came here to serve, not to be served. And Jesus came in the power of the Holy Spirit. The application for us is we're considering world missions and going out. That God gave, Jesus went, and we are sent. We go among them. And those of you, I don't know how many people, how many people in here ever went on a short-term or long-term mission trip? Real high. Okay, so quite a few people. So you know what I'm talking about, right? When you go. We go to them. The importance of sending help and of sending people to help. We go to them. And we send people, okay? Sometimes maybe we just send some financial help. That's what's needed. But sometimes and often we send people. We go to them willingly. We live among them as they live. We come in the love of God. So we go in love. 
we come in humility. So we don't go like, well, they need help, and, you know, okay, I guess we'll go and help them. Right? We don't go in that way. That we go in humility because Christ helped us. We go over there to help them. We go to serve Christ and to serve them. Sometimes that can maybe be forgotten in us wanting to accomplish. And I, I, I know Tripp said it at one of the, the meetings, the Tonga meetings, that you know what, we make our plans. Sometimes the Lord has other plans when you go there. What Krista was saying, she didn't know what, how the Lord was going to use her. But you know what, you find out on that end 100% of the time how the Lord is going to use you. You know, and it's, it's better not to have a little set, well, this is what we're going to do day one, day two, day for all the people that are, that are like real organized, you know, because God doesn't work according to our schedule. We go out to serve Christ and serve them. We go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For it is not by our might or by our power, but my spirit, says the Lord. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And you'll see, if you remember when I spoke a couple weeks ago, that some of these scriptures are the same scriptures that I use there in the context of community. And that's because both of them fit together. Right? Community. This is a community we are called out in all the different ways to minister in our communities. But you know what? There is a community in the world that as we go on, when they ended up in that little community in Tonga, that they saw, oh my gosh. This is our community too, right here. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. It says here to us to have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. So he didn't come to earth and go, okay, God's here. Okay, I hope you got a good place for me to stay because I'm just used to staying in, on, in the throne up in heaven. Okay, five star all the way. Right, that he was God, but he, it says here that he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Right, so he didn't go, well, you know what, I'm not accustomed to these accommodations here. Okay, that you know what, Jesus came and he lived among us the way we lived. Right, and for him, that was, you consider God and being the king of kings on the throne, and he came here to live like us, which we like it, but we're human. Okay? It says here in 7 that he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason God highly exalted him and so bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. Have the same attitude that Jesus had when we came here. So as we are involved in world missions, as we are involved in community missions, have this same attitude. One of humility and one of being a servant. And one thing at the end, it says there that about bringing glory to God, that as we go out in mission, our main thrust is to bring glory to God. And that's why we're going. For the glory of God to spread that throughout the earth. It takes commitment to go. And there is a, a man that lives here in Hawaii called Papa Hopper. I'm not sure what his first name is, but his little uh, nickname, Papa Hopper. And he goes back and forth from Hawaii to the Philippines and has been, his first time that he went was in 1949. He's a guy that lives on the North Shore, I think. First went to the Philippines to, to minister there in 1949. And he still goes there. He's still going strong. Right now, he's 98 years old. And he goes to the Philippines on mission trips. And he has no intention of stopping. 98 years old. It takes commitment. And he's been committed to that place on that island in the Philippines. I thought it was Lete, the island that we went, but somebody was telling me after first service that they thought it was Panay. But, you know, we'll see which one that it is. But he goes to the same place that he's been ministering over there since 1949. It takes commitment to go. It's not always convenient to go. It's not always comfortable to go. Okay, and uh, that was one of the things that stood out to uh, uh, Crystal. That you get out of your comfort zone when you go. But you know what? When you do it, it is actually one of the best things about the trip. Is that you are out of your comfort zone. You don't know anyone. You know how awesome that is to go to a place where you don't know anyone? No one knows you, right? You don't have any preconceived ideas about how it's going to be. Every day is a new day. Every person is a new person. Every experience is a new experience. And I could go on all morning just talking about that. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. So He's, we are called to go outward. God's purpose is for the salvation of people. For the purpose of bringing the gospel to them. We need to go out. The gospel always goes outward to people. As I shared in the community, we're called to go out. Right? In world missions, we're called to go out. The Dead Sea is 1,300 feet before, below sea level. How many people have been to the Dead Sea? Probably a few. Okay. I've been there. It is 46 miles long, 9 miles wide, 16 feet deep in drought years. The ocean's salt content is 5%. In the Dead Sea, it's 25%. And you've probably seen pictures of people floating on there. 
okay? And, and man, it is so, you can't stay under the water. There ain't no way. The main source to the Dead Sea is the Jordan River. And the Dead Sea is slowly drying up. There is no outlet. The water flows in, and there's no outlet to it. It just flows in there, and that's the end. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Water flows in, but not out. Okay, where does all that water go that flows in there? It evaporates. Okay, and you know what? This is a picture of potentially our church if there's no outlet. And it's a picture of, sadly, of some churches that there is no outlet, all internal. There is no outlet, no outflow. And similar to the Dead Sea, if there's no outflow, sooner or later, it dries up. We are called outward. Vitally important to the health, health of our body and even our spiritual health. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. Another one that I, that I read uh, before. 2 Corinthians 5. Starting in verse 18, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though we were making an appeal, God, as though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, where does the ambassador end up? In a foreign country, right? We send out, the United States, ambassadors all over the world in all different kinds of countries. And similarly, that's what he's saying here, that we are ambassadors for Christ and we get sent out in our communities, but we also get sent out to other countries. Let's look in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Closing with this. Romans chapter 10. 14 and 15, or 13, sorry. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him, in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Local and world missions that we are sent. God sent Jesus, and Jesus sent us out. It's not an option. My time must be up. I kind of like that. Local 
Logan and World Mission is not optional. It's not an option. We are all called to go outward. I think what I want this morning is for each one of us to be willing to go wherever the Lord calls us. Willing to go. Are you willing to go? Maybe there's some people here who maybe that call a long-term missionary. Maybe you heard that call at one time and maybe that got put on the back burner. Things happen, right? But you know what? The Scripture says that the callings and gifts of the Lord are irrevocable. Right? If God called you, be willing to bring that up again on long term. If God calls you to a short term one, be willing. Be willing to go and ask the Lord, Lord, this trip, we're probably going to go to Tonga again. Hopefully and prayerfully, we're going to go to Philippines again. And who knows where the Lord is going to open an opportunity for us. Be willing to go, okay, Lord, do you want me to go? Would you like me to go on this team? Okay, and I can tell you, and if you come to that barbecue on Tuesday, that you'll see that everybody that went, there are no regrets when you come back. Even though it's sometimes a little bit of a hassle and a stress. Okay, there are no regrets. Some are called to go long term, some short, but we are all called to be involved in sending and support, praying financially or logistic support. We're all called to encourage. We do it because God did it. We are commanded to go out. Let's pray. Lord, we do. Thank you for being able to use this little church. Lord, the people that are here. Lord, that you can use us in places all over this world. In so many different ways. Lord, and we do ask that you would continue to open those doors of ministry for us. Lord, I do ask that each one of us here, that you would move on our hearts, that we would be willing to be involved in whatever capacity that you want us to. Lord, that this would be an option for each and every one of us as believers. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.